This is Mike Davis with the L.A. Chargers Show, here on Believe, L.A.'s number one sports podcast network and the only place where you can find a show for every team in L.A. and beyond. Well, if I'm a Chargers fan, I got some pep in my step. That's because there's a clear progression and potential big-time takeoff about to occur for this franchise. I found the Chargers draft last week to be almost very Patriots-esque. I would even say Belichickian, if I could make up a word. Does Belichickian sound good? I kind of like that. Well, let me pose this. What do Belichick, the Patriots, what do successful franchises do so well? What makes them successful? Well, to me, they find ways to make seemingly complete teams even more complete. And joining me now to review everything Chargers and recap the draft from last week is fan-sided Bolt Beat expert Travis Wakeman. Travis, thanks so much for coming on the pod. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Of course. So, Travis, from a bird's eye view, a macro view of this draft from last week, takeaway thoughts. I'm really into what Tom Telesco did last week. You, what do you think? I Yeah, I would agree. I'm into what he did, too. I think he went in with a pretty clear and concise plan on how he wanted to attack it. I I think it was a team that wasn't depending on the draft to have, um, you know, they didn't need to hit a bunch of holes in this draft so that they could, could get to where they were next year. Uh, last year, I should say, I think they had a couple of needs. They got those within the first two rounds. I think after that, you know, they were able to take some chances on some guys because their team was pretty solid heading into this draft. I feel like, you know, they had a, they were thin on the defensive line. They maybe needed an extra body out there in the secondary that could make some plays. And I feel like they got those in the first two rounds. And those two guys are going to help get them to at least where they got last year and perhaps beyond. And I think that gave them the ability to then go and take some prospects, some de- developmental type guys. And I think that's what you saw in the next five picks. Yeah. And I, I, I think – What I was trying to relate to the Patriots is the fact that we have an organization here that has a very complete roster. I mean, this is a good football team the Chargers have here. And for them to come away from this draft and even be more complete is really astonishing to me. Because a lot of times when you're choosing that late... You know, you don't have first-round grades on who you're going to ultimately get. And it seems like the good franchises in, a, in the NFL, they find ways to not only take the best player available, but also take the best player available that also fulfills a need. And that's just remarkable to me. So you mocked out before the draft. You actually had Jerry Tillery going to the Chargers in the second round at that 60th selection. So you you clearly saw 
some of what Telesco saw in Tillery. So tell, tell me about how you feel Tillery is going to fit with this pretty impressive defensive line to begin with, putting him right in between Ingram and Bosa day one. Yeah, he, uh, he, I, he saw what, you know, I saw what he saw too. You know, I was, I got a lot of criticism of saying, you know, in my comments saying, yeah, that guy's definitely not going to go in the second round. And, and those people were right, but he still ended up in the place that I thought he would end up. And I think going forward, he gives the team something that they just didn't really have was that athletic, powerful guy in the middle. He can come in. The, the defensive line was thin going into this draft, and I thought that was clearly a lot of people thought offensive line. I thought defensive line was the way to, to attack it. So you he, actually, because uh, you actually mocked out Dalton Reisner, the offensive lineman from Kansas State, going to the Chargers first. So you actually thought more of a need for the Chargers was helping and improving that offensive line rather than the defensive tackle position? No, no, I thought I, I had Reisner going there in the first round only because depth at the defensive line in this draft was way deeper than offensive line. And so I thought maybe he'd think that way. Clearly he realized Tillery's not going to be there at the 60th pick. And I saw a report, I can't remember where it was from, but I did see a report that once the 28th pick came, Tillery was the only guy that they still had a first round grade on. So they ended up getting the best guy on their board. Like you were just talking about. Right. So, and that, and that's huge. And, you know, listen, this was a deep draft for defensive linemen, but to get a, to get a guy who you have a first round grade on, usually most teams drafting at the end of the first round, you're actually not even getting a guy who's going to be a first round grade in your, on your actual board. I mean, Telesco even alluded to in the, in the press conference after taking Tillery that they were prepared to take a guy with a second round grade if they couldn't trade out of that pick. So um, I really think first round worked out perfectly for them. And I mean, on top of it, you know, Tillery just seems like an awesome dude. I mean, the fact that the guy was partying it up in Maui with that Hawaiian shirt when he was selected <laughs> was yes. awesome in itself. But, I mean, listen, this is a slim 6'6", 295-pound dude. I mean, I was watching him, and he didn't look even chunky. He, he looked way more lengthy and athletic than, like, a big dude who really didn't have athleticism. You know, so yeah, and... I, it's an interesting selection. I think he's obviously going to be a guy who's going to step in day one and provide a great impact. And any Chargers fan knows, any football fan who watched that Chargers Patriots game before the season ended, I mean, they could not stop Sony Michelle. You know, they had a clear issue in the uh, interior of the defensive line. So, I mean, this is a huge. Huge win for the Chargers franchise. A couple other notes here. I don't know if you even know this, Travis. To me, this is fascinating. Tillery, you know, the biggest knock on him is that he had shoulder surgery um, before the draft. But Telesco kind of already calmed any issues people would uh, have with that. But I love the Nuggets. That's kind of, I mean, that's the reason why... I even can stand a, a, a Mel Kuyper Jr. for a couple of days because the Nuggets are fun. So, Tillery competed in two triathlons in high school. He actually interned with a hedge fund in Ireland in college. 
there's the Ireland Notre Dame connection potentially. And he also wow. graduated in May with a degree in economics. So this is a fascinating dude who's going to have personality. We saw it. We saw it with the partying up in Maui. I, I, I'm really, I'm high on this guy. So I give them a great grade. If you had to grade that first round for Telesco and the Chargers, Travis, what would you give them? I, I, you know, a, I mean, based on what we know now, I don't think they could have asked for a better pick. And according to their board, there wasn't a better one. They left themselves really thin on the defensive line after free agency, which I was kind of surprised about. I, I expected them to re-sign Darius Phylon or Damian Square, at least one of those guys. Yeah. But I think Tillery coming in makes people forget about that fact real quick. Yeah, and I think Justin Jones from last year still has a lot of promise and potential. I think sure. he's, he's definitely going to um, show more than he did last year. So I, I'm feeling good, and I think they first round-wise – I'm feeling good as a Chargers fan. Now, moving on into the second round at pick 60, you know, there was a lot of talk about trying to find another safety to pair with Derwin James and someone who would complement him well and allow Derwin to really stay in the box and since he's so great near the line of scrimmage. So there was tons of talk about a safety, even in the first round. There was a lot of chatter about that. And the Telesco and the Chargers end up going with Nazir Adderley from Delaware, a 5'11 guy, 206 pounds. And if you watch this dude and any highlights of him, right from the get-go, you can see this is a guy who can just flat-out ball, right? Yes, he was leading up in all the talk of the draft, leading up to the last couple weeks, he became a favorite of our readers. He was a guy that I don't think that any of the readers wanted a player more than, 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 than him to, to be the pick really? picked by the team. And yeah, he, he just became, and I don't know what it was. I, you know, I, I think they saw a lot of the things that we, we now see on that film and that he, he definitely was the guy that I heard about the most in the last two weeks. And leading you, up to the draft. And you think that's just because the potential of pairing him with a Derwin James is a scary thought for a lot of opposing offenses in the NFL, right? Absolutely. I mean, it makes that secondary so much more dynamic. I think they had a little bit of a question mark at that position if they didn't get a guy like Adderley. You know, you have Adrian Phillips, who is, you know, more of – a guy they like to play up closer to the line of scrimmage. He had a heck of a year last year, but I don't think they wanted to put him in that starting safety spot right there. You have Jalen Watkins who missed the entire season last year. And so they were left with, you know, what do we do at this spot? And again, I think similar to the first round, I don't think they could have asked for a better pick to fall to them. Right. I, I, I really think it, it turned out, tremendously well for them in the second round as well. I mean, Adderley, this is a guy who not only shares a bloodline with Hall of Famer Herb Adderley from the Packers and Cowboys, so he's got that flowing in his DNA. But if you watch him, he's just such a versatile playmaker type of guy. I mean, he's a ball hawk. He's getting yes. interceptions. He's making tackles. He's also has the ability to be a kick returner and also play corner. So, you know, this is a guy who really probably would have been drafted in the first round if he had ran a little bit better uh he he had a four six two and i think th that was kind of a big reason for his fall um so it turned out well for the chargers being able to get a guy like that 
in the second round. I mean, this is late in the second round as well. Yeah, just like the late in the first round pick they got. And, you know, the thing that did make him drop was that 40 time. But I think the fact that he's going to be back there with Derwin James, I just think that both of those guys are just going to feed off of each other. I think they're going to both make each other better players. And it's going to be a secondary that is going to be hard to attack. Definitely. And, I mean, at this point, you're thinking, I mean, with those two selections, I'm watching this draft, and I'm starting to think, I mean, Telesco is upper echelon. This is a guy, I mean, his past few drafts have just been remarkable. Last year, getting Derwin James at 17, you know, defensive rookie of the year. Uh, Year before, you're getting, you know, Mike Williams at Number seven still, I think, has a, a lot of potential and it really can turn out to be the guy that char- the Chargers hoped he would be, you know, uh, taking him that early. But even the dra- draft before that, I mean, you're getting Joey Bosa at three. You're getting Hunter Henry in the second round. And in 2015, you get Melvin Gordon and Denzel Perryman. So, I mean, it's not so easy to hit on these first and second round picks as much as you think. You know, the NFL, I think fans tend to think, oh, my God, it's a seven-round draft. You're definitely going to hit on somebody in these first few selections. And the truth is that's that's not always the case. And Telesco is really – I mean, this is how you make a franchise competitive for a long period of time. Once you start hitting on these first and second-round selections and you get bona fide, you know, pro bowlers and – I mean, that's how you build long-term success. So you got to be feeling good if you're a Chargers fan. And, you know, as I was talking about prior to the draft, the Chargers are in this funky spot where they really have a window to compete and win right now, which is tremendous. But you also got to always constantly be thinking about the future. And I want to skip ahead a little bit to pick 166, where the Chargers took – quarterback Easton stick great name by the way out of yeah. North Dakota State um you know there was chatter before the draft that Josh Rosen could actually uh end up on the Chargers Chargers were one of the teams that were in the mix uh from some reports uh Schefter had reported that the Chargers were uh in some talks um tell me Travis how you know, how do you think negotiating the future of the quarterback position for the Chargers, having Rivers be, you know, a potential future Hall of Famer, but he's also 37 years old. So there is this window of opportunity to win now with Phillip. Uh, but would you have liked to see them go in a little further for Josh Rosen? What were your thoughts on that? Because, I mean, obviously – the price for admission for Rosen really took a deep dive. So the Chargers could have been in the mix. Yeah, I think the uh, UCLA connection was, you know, a strong force in, in possibly having Rosen land with the Chargers. And I know I wrote about it a couple of times being being a good idea for the team, even though I did get a little bit of criticism about that because he just doesn't seem to be somebody that fans really like. And um, I think is, is it just because of his – He's a little bit of a turn off his personality. Is is that the reasoning yeah. behind that? Yeah, I think so. He's a he's a guy that I don't think a lot of fans can really relate to. So 
he's he's somebody that you know you would root for him but you would if he was your quarterback you would root for him but you'd rather have somebody else if you could and so you know looking at philip rivers you know there's always this talk every year when the draft comes up there's this talk of uh you know who's going to be when, when's this team going to draft its quarterback of the future but you know you see tom brady and and Drew Brees playing into their 40s now. So I don't think the quarterback position really is evaluated like it used to be because I totally think that Rivers can be one of those guys. He's started every single game since 2006, and I don't see any signs of him slowing down. And so drafts and definitely, I mean, guys, I mean, look, I mean, Brees, Rodgers, Brady, Rivers, these are guys who are still, you know, upper echelon. They're at the height of, of, of their game. So, yeah, the signs of slowing down might not be there, but I still think it's really smart, this Easton Stick selection, because let me give you a little bit of background on him because the audience might really not be so familiar with him. But, I mean, this is a guy who was a Walter Payton Award finalist, which is the nation's top FCS offensive player. He's got had 49 wins as a starter, which is the most in FCS history and you know coming out of north dakota state most people probably are thinking oh that's that's where carson wentz went to school so when carson wentz was playing at north dakota state for the bison stick actually filled in his freshman year when wentz was hurt and led them to that national championship game and then Wentz, you know ended up coming back to play but i mean this is a guy who really is a winner, you know, and you, you got to love winners. I, I, that was my big issue with Daniel Jones being selected by the Giants with GM Gettleman uh, at number six, because, you know, this is just not a guy who's a winner. You know, he didn't, he didn't show a lot of promise even in college. So to get your hands on a guy like Easton stick to me is just, it's a perfect scenario because think about the Chargers roster right now in terms of the quarterback position. You got Rivers. You know that's going to be your guy. There still might be questions of whether he can take you to the Super Bowl and, and get over that hump. But that's a whole nother conversation. I like that Telesco brought in Tyrod Taylor to be the insurance guy if something were to happen to Rivers. So that's a good move. I think – to have him as a backup in the NFL is great. But the issue I always had was, is this Cardell Jones situation. This is a guy who's not going to be taken over the, the franchise. I mean, I think that experiment is over. So to have a guy like Easton Stick come in, that's a pretty great move because all he has to do is worry about developing. He doesn't have to worry about anything else, and he's gets, he gets to learn from a future Hall of Famer. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Cardale Jones days are are all but over with when, and that was that was clear when that pick was made. He's, I'm not knocking the stick pick at all. I think it was a, I think it was a solid pick. He's he can come in eventually and possibly give the Chargers things they've never had because he, at least in at the college level, he showed himself to be a dual threat quarterback. He's pretty mobile in the pocket too, something that. Chargers fans aren't used to seeing so yeah he he landed in a perfect spot behind two very experienced guys that can show him the ropes and he can learn and develop under them so yeah absolutely no no issues with the pick at all 
And, you know, Ryan has spoken about this. It, when Ryan came into the league as the second pick of the draft, he didn't have anybody there to help support him. The other guy on the roster was a dude named Craig Wheelahan, who barely had any experience as well. So, you know, there was rumors and even some talk when Ryan was coming into league that Warren Moon was going to be there to kind of help usher um, Ryan into the league and provide that experience, uh, but it didn't end up happening. And I think having a guy like Warren Moon there could have changed the whole story for for Ryan. So if I'm Easton Stick, I'm ecstatic coming into this situation because even if Philip is not going to be generous with his mentorship, you don't even really need his attention that much. You just have to be a sponge and sit there and learn. And it's a great situation. So um, I really commend Telesco. I think a lot of teams now, regardless of the quarterback situation, are are taking a stab at a quarterback in the draft regardless because it's such a quarterback's league. So every team has got their hands with some sort of quarterback. I mean, we saw that with the Eagles and Clayton Thorson out of Northwestern. So every team is, is doing something quarterback wise when it comes to the draft. Yeah. And and the smart teams do that. So I think, I think it was a great pick and I think he could, you know, who knows, he could end up being the guy someday down the road. And it would be because he came into the right situation. If he went into a uncertain situation, like the one you just described with Ryan, when he got his career going, it might go completely opposite but the fact that he's got two guys who he can learn under yeah i don't think he could have asked for a better situation yeah yeah I, i'm really excited about that so um you know we gotta since we have you here travis i mean you know your stuff you're the expert so let's talk a little bit more about these day three guys that the chargers drafted let's start with uh trey pipkins the offensive tackle out of Sioux Falls at the number uh, 91 spot. So tell me what you think about that pick. Well, um, it was definitely a weird selection, but I think after you got past those first two rounds, like I said, I think they were able to be a little bit more free and not have to worry about getting guys that they're definitely going to hit on. This is a project player. There's, there's no doubt about it, and I don't see – I don't know how long it'll be before he's ready to go, but it certainly won't be soon. It doesn't so, seem like you don't think he's going to be ready to go just because of the fact he was playing inferior competition at a division two school. Is that, is that why? I, yeah, I think that's part of it. Um, you know, he just, is there a chance from... he could come in and step into that right tackle spot right off the <laughs> bat or no way? Well, well, I guess there's certainly a chance because, you know, we referenced that Patriots game earlier, and, and yes, the biggest issue was the fact that they got the ball rammed down their throat from start to finish. But the right tackle spot where Sam Kevy is at, he got obliterated in that game. And that's why I expected them to address the offensive line earlier than they did. And I don't, you know, because, because Tevy is just not really a start quality starting right tackle, Sure, he has a, a chance to come in and eventually take that. Yeah, I mean, he listen. There is a lot of good to go along with Trey Pipkins. I mean, this is a six foot six guy, he's a three hundred and nine pounds. And listen, if you're playing at 
a division two school and you're playing inferior competition, you want to show signs of domination. And he, he did that. You know, this is a guy who only allowed two sacks in 43 games. He, he was a three-year starter. So, I mean, you know, there are questions, but he definitely did display a, a, a high level of dominance at the D2 level. And that, you know, that's not, I don't really have a problem with that. It seems like, you know, offensive tackle position was very um, limited in this year's draft. You saw the Eagles go up to 22 and trade up for uh, Dillard, which was a nice pick. But I mean, guys like Juwan Taylor, guys were, were really dropping, you know, and um, it would have been nice to maybe get a Reisner or something like that. But um you know, this is something they may have to address in other ways, whether it be uh, undrafted free agents, trading. I don't know. It's 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 definitely going to be um, an interesting situation to see how uh, Telesco follows up with the offensive line, particularly the right tackle situation. Um, yeah, or they might just be ready to go with Tevi again. But <laughs> right, right. You know, I definitely think you need some need a good backup plan there. Yeah. I would agree with you there. So um, after Pipkins uh, drew tranquil, the other Notre Dame selection, the Chargers got a linebacker. Um, interesting uh, guy. He actually started as a safety and then moved to linebacker. What's uh, your thoughts on Drew? Incredibly athletic guy. He can, uh, you know, like you say, he played safety at one point in his career. So he's definitely a guy who can drop back and disrupt those passing lanes. And I think that'll be his role to begin with, along with being a special teams guy, which, you know, I've seen several interviews with him where he says he loves to play special teams. So I think he could end up being a special teams ace for the team. And that's, I mean, if championship level teams have guys that excel at that, you know, that that really take ownership and pride in being special team uh, specialists, you know, per se. so to have a guy like that who can come in, prove himself, and really take a ton of pride in that uh, aspect of the game, that's huge, especially for a team that's trying to compete for a Super Bowl. Yes. Um, before I let you go, I know your time is precious, and you are uh, our expert over at the Bolt Beat. Um, let me get your thoughts on just some of the stuff that happened within the AFC West, because uh, I'm curious, there's a lot of notable stuff that occurred within the AFC West. So off the bat, um, you know, this Oakland Raiders team, uh, it was their first draft with uh, newly minted GM, Mike Mayock coming off the NFL network desk. And, uh, you know, his, uh, campaign as a GM started a little interesting, uh, which shouldn't have really been a surprise knowing uh, it's the Raiders and John Gruden. But <laughs> at number four, how shocked were you by the selection of Farrell? Completely. I, you know, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Apparently Mayock sees something in him that no other draft analyst saw. I didn't see him anywhere I don't think I even saw him in the top 20 in any mock that I looked at. So was that few. was a surprising pick. There was a few. It was very surprising. Um, 
we'll have to see. I mean, he's definitely a talented guy. We'll see what happens there. But, you know, overall, how how do you feel about this Oakland Raiders team? Obviously, this is a, a new-look team to begin with, with the Antonio Brown edition, obviously. But, you know, getting a guy like uh, the Alabama running back, Josh Jacobs, at 24, and then they also got the Mississippi State safety, Jonathan Abram, at 27. So, um, you know, what were your thoughts on that draft? Are you worried as a Chargers fan about this Raiders team? Not at this particular moment, possibly in the future. I definitely think they got better. Um, I, I definitely think they're going to be better on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think you're going to get to Pittsburgh, Antonio Brown, but I still think you're going to get a really good one. Um, Jacobs, they, you know, they needed a, at that running back. You got Marshawn Lynch retiring. They didn't really have anything in the way of a starting running back, and he was the, the consensus number one running back on the board, so you can't really argue with that pick. Right, right. Um, I, I think it was interesting. They also got that uh, cool uh, wide out from Clemson, Hunter Renfro. So, uh, you know, I actually like what they did. The the feral selection on four, a little questionable. You always – kind of hope as a GM maybe you could trade back in and get some value if that's really your guy but mm-hmm. definitely um not as bad as I was actually anticipating for this <laughs> Oakland Raiders franchise um I think we should also touch a little bit on um the Broncos and the Chiefs a little bit so first of all sure you know, the, the Chiefs had a very interesting um couple few days uh first of all leading into the draft they uh, acquire Frank Clark from the Seahawks, which is a nice addition having, uh, you know, gotten rid of uh, D Ford and uh, Justin Houston. So, you know, that's obviously going to be a nice edge rusher for them. Uh, but the big story really is this Tyreek Hill um, investigation and allegations right now of abuse. And it's really shaping up to look like Tyreek Hill potentially might not play this season and potentially might not play ever again. Yeah. It's, um, it'd be a bit a huge, huge loss for them. And it, it, you know, at, at first I wasn't sure what to think. And then when we saw what the chiefs did in the draft, taking the Georgia wideout uh, Hardman, at the 56 overall selection, it was kind of clear that probably Reed and this Chiefs franchise were thinking we might not have our big playmaker for Mahomes next season. Right. So, um, good, you know, good news if you're a Chargers fan in that regard. Um, just, a, you know, something to think about there. So, uh, as so much good news is shaping up for this Chargers team, this Chiefs organization uh, having a troublesome few days. Uh, lastly, let's let's touch a little bit on uh, the Denver Broncos because I think they actually had a really, really nice draft. Um, Elway and the Broncos uh, trade back in the first round and um, get uh, Noah Fant, the tight end out of uh, Iowa, who was uh, being talked up with alongside his teammate, uh, TJ Hawkinsock. So um, tell me, Travis, who do you think ends up having the better career out of those two tight ends out of Iowa? Uh, Hawkinson is a little bit more complete. 
and that's why he went higher. You know, he's an excellent blocking tight end. He's a lot reminds me a lot of Gronkowski. Uh, I don't know if he'll be that good, but um, it's hard to say we'll have the better career. I think Fant went to the better team, went to the better situation, and you know he fills a need for the Broncos because they haven't had a tight end that could stretch the field for quite some time, probably since the Julius Thomas days, and he only was able to do that because he had Peyton Manning throwing him the ball. And Joe Flacco really likes his tight ends, and I think that was a big part of the reason they picked him there. I think that was a great pick for them. Yeah, they really had a tremendous draft because they also got your dude, Kansas State uh, lineman (laughs) Reisner, at 41. And then they also pick up uh, a quarterback in Drew Locke out of Missouri, who a lot of teams, I mean, I saw him in the first round in a lot of mock drafts, and a lot of teams and uh, experts really think Locke might be the guy we end up talking about all these years later in terms of best quarterback from this draft class. So, you know, Locke goes into a great situation, um, gets to play at a good organization, have a Super Bowl winning quarterback in Joe Flacco um, starting off. You know, there's a lot of quarterbacks, you know, it's not like going there and having Elway as a boss solves every issue because you could just say two words, Paxton Lynch, <laughs> and see how it's it's not guaranteed success. But there is a lot to like about Drew Locke, right? Absolutely. There's a lot to like. I, I don't think, uh, you know, I think it's going to have to be shown on the field before you can really judge it with, with anything Elway's done lately because aside from Paxton Lynch, he also dropped the Brock Osweiler really high and – you know, that didn't work out either. So, you know, it's it's hard to say, I think, it's it, whether whether he's going to pan out or not. I definitely think on paper he looks like a guy who will, and he comes into a, a situation similar to what we were talking about earlier where he's not going to have to be thrown out on the field right away because of the fact that they have Flacco. I don't know how much Flacco likes it because he's going through this two years in a row, but, yeah, Locke, Locke was a good pick. Yeah, nothing, nothing about that. That was bad. It it definitely was a, an interesting selection. Uh, at some point, you got to think John Elway is not going to continually keep <laughs> screwing up with this quarterback selection stuff. I mean, uh, I just can't see it. it. It would it would shock me if he keeps missing yet again. Um, but overall, uh, very promising draft for the Chargers. Travis, is there anything that you think Chargers fans should be keeping an eye out for potential big um, developments that could be happening leading up into the season? Uh, You know, I I don't see anything, you know, unforeseen at this particular time. I think it's just a solid roster from top to bottom. And I think it's it's a hungry team that's ready to get back to where they got to last year. I think, you know, they, they want another shot at those, at the Patriots and there, there's a chance they'll get it too. I mean, I think the Patriots played their best game of the season last year from top to bottom against the chargers. And I think the chargers took a lot from that loss and, you know, they're going to, they're, they're going to be back in that position and, you know, they're going to, they're, they're, they're going to compete for the division title this year, mainly because of what we just talked about with the Chiefs. I, I think the Chiefs have digressed while the, you know, the Chargers have gone upward. And I, I think the Chargers are possibly the favorite to win the AFC West right now. 
I agree with you. I agree with you. And I, I think um, this is the window of opportunity for them right now. This is, this is really a chance for them to strike, especially with uh, all the chemistry stuff that's going wrong within uh, the Chiefs organization right now. So I'm, I'm excited for this season. And I think a, a, a very common narrative we see uh, along all professional sports is a really solid, uh, well-successful team goes into the playoffs and to the postseason and they have a really crushing loss and a lot of times that crushing loss really can uh, set up the future success and the learning experience that you really need to get your organization over the hump and um, it seems like the Chargers have already learned from it yeah and you know I think Chargers fans should be excited for a for a really solid season this year, so long as there's no major injuries, you know, the obvious things that set teams back and it could be a great year for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the, the other, the only other thing to note is how great of a how great of a profession is it to be a professional football player beyond just the obvious Jerry Tillery. And in his introductory press conference, actually, miss like he, he doesn't even say anthony lynn's name right he refers to <laughs> anthony lynn as coach swan as in lynn yep. swan so, yep. um, i think you and me might have to get different jobs because if i if i call my <laughs> boss the wrong name i don't think i'd be doing too hot no no definitely not they're probably gonna let him slide though i'm thinking i think so six six <laughs> 300 pounds i i think i'd let him slide too all right well travis thank you so much for coming on the pod make sure you, you check got out it. travis he's got great content all the time over at fansided bolt beat uh travis what's your twitter handle uh it's just at travis wakeman and the number 10 all right make sure you uh constantly are checking out Travis and his feed. He's got tons of great insight for all you Chargers fans. And I also have to give a quick little shout out to a Chargers fan. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to at D E V R O Q on Instagram. I think that's dev rock. Maybe that's how you pronounce that dev rock on Instagram actually uh, called the Jerry Tillery selection in a mock draft. I, I actually can prove it because he sent me his mock draft uh, before Thursday. So I want to give a quick And he even got it in the right round, huh? See, he beat you out a little <laughs> bit. You had it too, but he had the right round. <laughs>